Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness podcast. I know it's been a couple weeks since we put out an episode, but really for me, the reason why we've delayed is because I didn't know what to say. For the last couple weeks, we've been in a little bit of a holding pattern. We had put in a lot of information about what we had done initially with COVID-19, but now we're waiting for government and you know agencies to allow us to reopen. And once we get a clear timeline on that, of course, we're going to do a podcast on the things that we have planned. But this this podcast has always been about sharing what we're going through. And I didn't want to just keep sharing the same thing because we're out there growing our digital products, which may not be relevant to all the owners. But one thing that is really relevant right now to owners, coaches, anybody, is that they're getting hit with a lot of tough news all the time from the news, from other people. And Rory McKern and I just wanted to give you guys some comedic relief. You know, we just got on the podcast, we used Zoom, and we just went back old school went back to a bunch of different events, and I really hope you guys enjoy these episodes. We've done two so far. I know we're going to do more, but it's just a way, especially for us, I got into CrossFit at a really early age to just, man, look at this and be like, oh, I don't, oh, I remember that one. I remember that one. Oh, man, I was so fired up talking to Rory, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as we did. If you do like these types of things, please rate it, review, share. Let us know if you like these type of episodes because maybe we could incorporate them a little bit more in the Business of Fitness podcast. Now, I have a phenomenal episode with longtime friend, former CrossFit HQ employee, currently just crushing life in Tennessee, Roy McKernan. Let's dive right into this episode. I hope you all have a great day. Let's go. All right. So Rory, you and I were talking, you know, this podcast is normally all about business stuff. Um, we dive deep into more of like the, you know, affiliate model and we share a lot of our insight and, and what we're going through at our gyms. But as of right now, you know, there's a lot of businesses that, you know, some of these gym owners could just use some like comedic relief. And I thought, Hey, what no better way than to get Rory on the mic. And let's just start talking about the old school days of CrossFit, bring people back, give them 30 minutes just to kind of recharge their brains and turn off the TV from, you know, the news and um, just kick it old school. So where should we start, man? You got into this thing a long time ago. <laughs> I know I did too, but where should we start? Well, I mean, let's start right there, right? Like, I, cause I think, you know what, let's blend the two first before we even get into memory lane. Like, I think it's an interesting topic that you do have to be able to laugh, man. Like I, I pity people who like, they take themselves too seriously as well as life, right? Because, um, in a time like this, of course, there are real problems. Of course, there are considerations and concerns and people are like um, in, in dire straits with business. So I totally get that. But at the same time, sometimes thing, life is just so crazy. Like you have to laugh. And uh, actually, maybe this is a good segue is you'll remember um, my seminar uh, experience with CrossFit really only started about maybe 18 months or uh, barely two years before you. And there was a, what they used to say was... Um, educate, inspire, then and only then entertain. And I can't tell you how many times I got the feedback that was like, yo, dude, you're putting entertainment in front of everything. Same <laughs> so, here. Same here. So maybe that's like what we're trying to do today, right? We're trying to put entertainment first so that people can kind of take a vacation from their, uh, from their concerns. But uh, yeah, man, I, I, before the cameras were rolling, I said, I've gone all the way back in <clears throat> some archive footage. So I thought that might be fun for people. Uh, from a from a kind of a perspective of you know if you're whether or not you're new to it if you're if you're old school you probably enjoy some memories and I think that you add in particular some some really good insight especially when it comes to game stuff or um, 
actually where this conversation started because the rogue versus again faster thing got published. Um, and, and people who had never seen that probably have no idea what that was. Oh man, if, if, if you're listening to this and you haven't watched the Rogue vs. Again Faster Tahoe Throwdown, you're really missing out on something pretty special. That was a moment in time that was just so unique. That was what, 2010, I think? And, 2010, yeah. Yeah. And leading up to that, I mean, it was just like, oh man, we, we rented these two baller houses in Tahoe, and which fortunately for you and I, it was only like a three, four hour drive. But yeah. people flew in from all over. You had Bill Henniger coming in and the Rogue and Katie. And then it was and, just like... And, and set the stage. Like this was, I mean, for you, you were a superstar by this point already. You, you won in 2008 and uh, were still like, you were like just starting your heyday. But there was still, uh, there was really no big endorsement deals. There were no like, this was the start of that whole era. So the fact that people even got flown somewhere to compete was a big deal. It was a huge deal. And like, it was a huge deal. And back then, you know, Camille and Dave Lipson, I don't know if people know this, but that's where they met. That's right. That's so right. that's kind of like the backstory. I remember we were at our house and I was in the rogue house and I want to say she was either, I can't remember which one was at the again, faster house. Cause I was in the uh, rogue house and I remember Dave, um, I can't remember who was in what house, but I remember yeah. them saying like, Oh, you know, he's cute or she's cute or something like that. And there was like some sparks starting to, to you know, be created in some, uh, it's, it's so funny how that worked out, man. Now she's pregnant and they're about to have a kid. Yes. Yes. And, uh, well, and, and for me, it's funny to look back too, because, um, you know, our, our kids are fairly similar in age. Well, I guess our daughters are fairly similar in age, but I've got the older son and he was already born by that point in time. And so like, I remember feeling ancient because here's all the kids who were CrossFit Games athletes, you know, and I had a kid literally running around that house. Um, you know, we, we were staying out in uh, some of the, the guest quarters or whatever, but it was, for me, it was really funny to now to see um, Thor's daughter's pregnant. You've got two kids. Um, you know, it's, uh, I remember back then being like, man, <laughs> yeah, you were like different, like, different stages of life. Yeah. You know, going to the again, faster rogue throwdown, because that's one of the reasons why we started this conversation was, you know, it was just like uh, the events were just like random. Remember that time we were just like at a hill and Dave's like, hey, everybody needs to run up this hill as fast as you can. And whoever gets to the top basically wins as a team. And you had like Miko yeah. Stilo and all these OGs just sprinting up this hill. You remember that one? Absolutely, dude. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, because, you know, I, w I went back a couple times. Um, and Miles Lewis was a great, he's a great dude. He owns uh, CrossFit Avalanche and he was our host back then. Oh and yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. You remember like his eyes were just out of his head and uh, yeah, he did fantastic. But he, I remember him kind of telling us, you know, what it was all about. Um, the other thing was that you could even see it back. It, it, for me as a uh, kind of a, an announcer and a media person, like who's a massive fan of the sport. I also remember some of the interactions where it was like, Oh yeah, yeah, we're having fun, but this is serious. Like there was a there was a couple of that where they put people head to head, and it was Dave Castro at his best because he was sparking the flame, right? Uh, but even like Graham Holmberg versus Rich Froning, and oh, do you remember that one? Oh yeah, because the ten chant, and then remember because he took first and second, yeah. And yeah. then, do, you the, do you remember Pat Barber and Chris Spieler when they ran up that hill and they dove down? Dude, if, I don't even That's know funny. if you have the footage on your computer, but if people haven't seen this, they need to check this stuff out because. 
the level of competition was just so fierce. And there was no money. There was nothing on the line. It was just literally just pride, you know? Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to find a, so I'm, I'm scrolling through it right now. I'll try and find a, I'll try and find the barber one um, because that finish was all time. Spieler literally <laughs> finish dope, was all time. Finish. Just diving for it. Remember that? Yeah. But the, um, to build out the one with, um, uh, with Froning versus Holmberg, what really jumped out to me was it was, it was real friendly until that point. And then they were like, okay, you two are head to head. Rich was playing for again faster at that point, which is hilarious. Yeah. Right. And, uh, and, and he chose the final from the 2010 games. And so they did the, uh, the pushups and the overhead squats. And it was like a, it was a pretty big trouncing. And I was like, Oh, this, this went from friendly to awkward real quick. You remember we had a tug of war competition. Like I, I swear, Dave, we were walking by a park one time and Dave saw this park and he's like, we're going to do an event here. And part of the event was like me, like jumping over like some bar, you know? Oh, you, you're yeah. finding the video. Yeah. Here, I've got that one. Um, I'll just, I'll, hey, I'll just do a screen share and we can, uh, Let's we do can it. Talk, yeah. we, we can talk over it. But, uh, yeah, no, um, it was all time. And for, again, for people who are, uh, I'll share computer sound and for people who are, uh, just seeing this for the first time, the, uh, this is so easy to find. Dude, the, the sport has evolved so much, but this one, I mean, look at everybody. They're just so young and just, you know, it, it's, oh man. Are you going to fast forward to where Pat and, uh, Spiel? I don't know if Pat and Spiel are in this one. So this is, this is footage from inside CrossFit Avalanche. So again, like, you know, these were superstars at the time, but here's the, here's the playground footage. And so, oh, look at this. You got a young, young Heather Keenan Bergeron. You got Cammy in the background. Tanya Wagner. Can you see the screen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, look at T-Wags in the background. Christy Phillips. Chris Clever. I'll fast forward through this stuff, but look at Hobart. And so this is a perfect example of like, dude, back then it was just like, hey, let's just test our fitness on some random stuff. And uh, it was a lot, just a t completely different time. Um, but dude, I know this one. So this was the playground we just randomly worked out at. But um, Anyways, you know, a lot of this stuff, man, it's, it's, it's funny because we could talk about some of these things for, for, for hours and hours and hours and people don't know. There was just so much the, at the time, it was just like, everybody was just trying to figure it out. You know, like, where is this sport going to go? What are we really doing? And going to Tahoe was just a really cool moment in the sport where before things got really big, you know, and then all of a sudden we were at Home Depot Center and just really started to grow from there. But, you know, taking us back to Aromas, to talking about bringing the games to Aromas this year. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, dude, Aromas is such an interesting place. And for those of you who don't know what Aromas is, Aromas was the, was the for the 2007-2008 CrossFit Games, was the first the, – it, it housed um, seven, eight, and nine CrossFit Games. And I was fortunate enough to be in the eight and nine. But, I mean, that place, dude, it's just like – I mean, how do you describe the ranch? It's just like a, a fitness test. I, I don't even know how to describe it. Well, so many things like, like for me, a lot about the magic of the ranch is the history that's contained there. Right. And, and I said this to you yesterday and I firmly believe this and, and it, it probably won't go over well with some people, but, um, the era of that era of the CrossFit games was my favorite era. You know, like I, I feel like when, when you guys retired or a lot of you guys retired, Rich moved on to team competition, like the, my, my fandom didn't stop, of course, but, um, those are always be the glory days for me. 
And I think it was because like, especially at the ranch, it was still so experimental. It was still so like, is this okay? I'm not sure if this is okay. Should we do it this way? Should we do it that way? And really, really, really nerding out on, um, what, what it meant to be the fittest on earth and what that, you know, like what was legitimate, what was not legitimate formats were being tested and changed. You know, people freak out now about cuts. Remember 2009? Oh dude, it was heavy. It was heavy. <laughs> so, to put in perspective though, in 2008, this is one of the reasons why I think people like that era so much is because it was, it was so new. And like, I remember in 2008, it was the first time I was ever introduced to a chest to bar pull up. And I right. practiced for so long to get one. I'll never forget, man, because at that point you could just sign up, but I was trying alternating grip, whatever I could do. Cause I had never touched my chest to a bar before. Right. And, um, it's stuff like that. That was really exciting. Cause it was so new or like the squat clean thruster was so new or like the, you know, the 2008 was every second counts, which was just a very unique structure that probably won't happen again. But I think what people liked about it was just like raw and grungy and it's yeah. exciting to see that go back. Yeah. And, and, uh, well, even the scoring system, like there's another great one was, was, uh, it was, a. Uh, Amazing to have the debates about what the scoring system should be for a sport like fitness that was just being developed. And there was taking examples from decathlon and other sports where it was like, wow, well, how do I, how do I create a scoring system where a one rep max deadlift is just as important as a triplet that, or, or, a you know, an hour long run? Like, how do you, how do you get the whole thing apples to apples? And, and, uh, people again, like if they're coming into the sport now, I'm guessing that it, unless they uh, come from a training background or they're really interested in the history of it, they're, they probably just accept it at face value. And they're like, oh, this is how you score the sport. But those were, those were like long and long debates and iterations that it took to get to the point where it was like, yeah, this makes the most sense in our sport. Yeah. And back then, you know, like I rented an RV. And so in 08, I ended up going up there. I won. And then in 09, I rented an RV and like, it was basically just like RV parks, tents. It was very like, like you're like sharing milk with like your competitors. Like it was just very like, you know, there wasn't anything around like yes. in the middle of nowhere. I remember Panda Express was a sponsor. Remember that? I do. I do. And, uh, what do you remember? Do you know why? Do you know the, the Panda Express kind of connection? No. Um, okay. So, so Tom Davin, you're familiar with Tom? No. So, okay. So Tom Davin, um, you you would know him and you'd recognize him from 511 tactical. Ah. So he was um in the C suite of 511 like when they kind of came on big for uh 15 16 games. But Tom was involved with Panda Express like, you know, as an executive and also a CrossFit enthusiast. And so I think it was just one of those things it was like, "Hey, I love CrossFit and I am involved with Panda Express. Would you like me to come out?" Dude. And, uh, I didn't go to the tent that year, but I think that it was a big hit. Oh my God. But like, that's a good example of a random sponsor. And then like, I think Under Armour was there. Remember Under Armour was there in 2009? Whatever they happened had the, with them. The replay board. Yeah. Whatever happened with them? I, I honestly, I think that it was at that point, just like a spec thing. And it was like, Hey, let's see if this is a good fit. And, um, taking, take into account that like 2009 was 2008. I was there. I watched you compete. 2009 was the first time I did anything official, but it was official only in the fact that my brother, well, he wasn't my brother-in-law then, but he is now. Um, the, uh, the husband of the chick that I was after uh, yeah. at that point <laughs> uh, was making videos and uh, like totally self-taught Jordan Gravat, Tattooed Media, who's now um, been really successful in the space. But at that point, they were like, hey, Sevon's making this long form film, but we need stuff on a daily basis. Can you help us with it? And he was like, it would really be helpful if you said something on camera just to kind of tie it together and make it easier to edit. 
and and that was how like my first on camera gig was born with uh, CrossFit stuff. Um, and so uh, at that point, I wasn't even working for CrossFit. It wasn't until after the 20, 2009 games that me and Tony even got in contact and he was like, hey, would you like a job? Yeah. It's funny how things evolve. Like, remember, you know, like in 2009 CrossFit games, like for people who haven't watched this footage, I mean, Annie Thorzotter gets her first muscle up in the 2009 CrossFit at the games. Yep. And, yep. you know, she goes on to win the games in the future. And it's just really interesting how things evolved and how that ranch kind of like paved the way for um, the whole methodology to develop from. And it, it was really just like a dirt location off like this road in the middle of nowhere. And the only way you would know where it's at is it's located near this red, big red barn. That's it. Like that's the only characteristic, right? I mean, am I, am I wrong there? No, you're totally right. And yeah. And think of also like the, uh, the strange kind of chain of events that had to happen because like I went to school in Southern California. Well, you went to, you, dude, you were in NorCal. You were, you were close to where, CrossFit was born. And so it's, you know, for me, it was always easy to think like, gosh, what if I'd have found CrossFit when I was in college and done like gone up there in the summer times, maybe I would have played college ball and, and, you know, anyways. Um, but yeah, all the stuff that had to, to coexist, like Castro had to find it. And he's like, Oh wow, Santa Cruz isn't that far away from where I'm at. Cause at the end of the day, you're right about everything that it is, but it's also it's Castro's family's ranch, you know? That's true. Yeah. It's, it's really it's a fortuitous thing. Yeah, when you look at the sport and how it evolved, it's like, oh, you know, Dave gets introduced, right? He was, and at the time, he was still in the teams doing all his thing for years, right? Yep. And then this is his family's ranch. Oh, let's just have a little throw down there. And I mean, in 07, I'll never forget, man, I'd watch videos of OPT in his like, and I, I remember I would watch videos of him and I would try and battle him on YouTube. Actually, if you YouTube like Kalipa battles OPT, there's this, all this, this other guy named Bionic. So oh, yeah, there's this yeah. dude out of Florida named Bionic. And I would battle them on YouTube. So there was no such thing as like, like, I don't know. Are you serious? But in 20, 2007? Uh, in 2007, I would start battling them on YouTube. If you look up Kalipa versus Bionic, it's pretty bad. But like, dude, if you watch some of these videos, it's just so horrendous. Oh, that's funny. Like, uh, I, I tried to do it and I messed it up and it says, uh, it brought up Wiz Khalifa. <laughs> oh, yeah. But if you look up Kalipa versus Bionic, I would go on there and just battle these dudes. I'd be like, oh, this is five clean and jerks, one round of Cindy, you know, AMRAP or whatever. And, you know, you'd squat to a medicine ball and just like all this stuff. Like, I just look at my movement. It's just horrendous back then. But how it's evolved. I mean, keep in mind, right? Think about, and I'm curious where you think it's going to go. I mean, back in 09, like if you snatched 200 pounds, you were like a baller, right? And oh, now God. it's like 200 pounds is like nothing, you know? Oh yeah, dude. Um, you kind of pull up that video. <laughs> yeah, I'm on it. Uh, why is it doing this? Boop, 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 boop. I don't know. You tell me if it comes up. Um, I might just not be able. There to it do is. It. Yeah, I, yeah. Can't do sound. Um, oh yeah, this is this is a sick. Oh man. So this one's Bionic versus Kalipa slash OPT twelve twenty two. So did you post this? Oh, Omar Torres is. No, this bionic. Was, that's Bionic. That's that's yeah. oh, that's Bionic right there. It's, oh look! Look at video was sped up to fit up, uh, on YouTube. That was back when YouTube had like time restrictions. Yeah, but dude, so I watched this and then I would watch okay, so this. Is, I see. So he posted this and then you would have a response video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, look at those legs. Man. Look at those legs spread dude, all out. That'd be a no rep these days. <laughs> all right, let me yeah. see if I can find you. If I can find your response is uh, here we go. Oh yeah, put up that one. Look, watch this one. Oh my God, watch look these legs. Bro, that's that's look at that rig. That rig is a pull-up rig built out of a you know. I actually built 
um, the same thing at our first. Wait, what happened with those first two pull-ups, dude? That was like, I'm not sure if I want to do chest to bar or wait, wait, where am I going? (laughs) (laughs) You know, that was early days of competing where you used to just, you know, but look at this was uh, Cindy, right? Obviously. And then for those people who are listening, it's like we were in this uh, racquetball court that was converted to a, uh, to a CrossFit gym. And, uh, you know, here I am squatting to a medicine ball. And then if you fast forward or whatever, if you watch my clean and jerks, they are so horrendous at 135. It's, but what we would do is just battle back and forth. And this was the early days. So when I showed up in the OA games, you know, I saw these guys and I was like, oh, oh. But look, this is why you won the 2008 games. Look still how easy it is with bad form for you. <laughs> That's a strict press, bro. Just bam. Uh, but, you know, so I, when I rolled up to the OA games, man, I'm just sitting there and, you know, you see these guys. And at the time they were like, you know, oh, there's OPT. And he was wearing like these blue, blue shorts with, with lightning bolts coming up. I'll never forget. And he got OPT. He was wearing like his orange shades, Florida style. But that was, you know, it was, it was long before there was a lot of media around people. So you kind of like hyped him up to be more than, I mean, anyway, well, sure. that was a long time ago. Well, it's funny. I, I told you I was looking, I was kind of walking down memory lane of, um, of the main site even. And uh, yeah, it's pretty amazing to see. Like, let me see. I've got like 2006, 2005, four. Oh yeah. And if- but, but it's like, I'm looking at, so you're looking at the main site here. I'll share this. And here's a lot of people I've heard um, saying, wow, this is just like it used to be like talking about where we're at with COVID-19. Yeah. And um and, but I don't think they even realize, like, look at this, 428 comments. Like, the it, main site used to be the place that you would go. Right. And people are posting results. This is, like, before Facebook was really that popular or, or utilized, right? So, for people that don't know, back in the day, this was, like, 06 for me, 07. You'd go on there and you'd put in, um, like, M. So, like, I would do M, 210 pounds, rx right and what that would mean is like i'm a male i weigh this and i did it rx and people would just comment on there and then you'd start like picking people you'd want to like battle with and hold you accountable and that was back in the day you used to do the same thing right absolutely um i I did do that and and but in fact you know i was i was uh i was far less competitive with it and far less uh ready to put my scores up but even then it was like uh i was even part of the message boards man like you know back when message boards were a thing oh my gosh but yeah, that was the way that you kind of like tracked people and, and followed them. And, and I was thinking about that was was funny too. Um, where did you take your level one? I took it in San Diego. I, I took my um, I took my level one in San Diego. Oh, did I freeze or did you freeze? I think you, I don't know. We both froze. I took my level one in San Diego though. Okay. Yeah. See, me too. Me too. And uh, it was, uh, I never forget seeing Adrian Bosman, um, Greg Amundsen, uh, Mally, um, CJ Martin was, you know, I, I didn't really know him that well that at that time, but like seeing, like literally seeing Greg Amundsen for me, was like people who see Froning or you or, uh, right. Matt Fraser right now. You know what I mean? Like it was like, Oh damn dude, that's the, that's homeboy that I've been following on, on the web. Like that's the dude. Yeah. yeah. And then sometimes they do like the, you know, workouts at the level ones. And I remember, so I got mine in 08 or I got mine in, I got my level one in early 08. And, um, I did Fran and everybody, you know, did the whole thing, but I also went to a Berg, Bergner seminar and I learned how to snatch in like yeah. 07, 08 at CrossFit HQ in Santa Cruz. So that was kind of cool. Cause I actually got to see the headquarters before it got, you know, before. Is that the footage I've got of you? What's that? 
Is that the, no, this is the new set. No, that was a video. No, the picture, what we did is we, um, I remember, uh, you know, my coach at the time, Austin, um, Begeeving, he, um, he's like, dude, you got to come learn how to snatch. And I'll never forget, you know, Bergeron at the time, like he really was innovative in the sense, like we were using a PVC pipe. Bergner, Bergner. Bergner. Yeah. I was so used to using, um, you know, weights and always wanted to go heavy. He would just have us the PVC pipe and he was just grinding us all day. And, um, you know, he was really innovative at the time because he shared a lot of knowledge from Olympic lifting with so many different people that then spawned. And if you think about the, the amount of content that people have today compared to back then, you know, back then there wasn't as much readily available information. So you had to, you, you know what I mean? It just wasn't as yeah. available. Now it's always available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, or in and, and another way that I think of it is there was a, it was more of like a single point of contact. Like if you wanted good Olympic lifting knowledge, you had to go there. Like this is maybe a really terrible example, but I use it anyways. Um, in this time when I find that I've got additional time and I'm trying to stay productive, like I really want to, uh, brush up on languages and I'm trying to learn guitar. If you want to learn guitar nowadays, you can find a bajillion people who are teaching it for better or worse on, uh, on YouTube. But, uh, but, but yeah, back then it was like, you didn't have that crazy resource. YouTube wasn't what it is right now. There wasn't like, you know, the web was, was far less proliferated than it was. So yeah, you had to really, and especially for things like this that are super niche, like Olympic lifting, you had to look hard to find that stuff. So were you involved in the conversations of when they took it from Aromas to then the Home Depot Center? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know who's integral to that process, actually? Tony. Um, I, know, I know you're a fan of, uh, I know you're a fan of the Bubs. Um, Sean Lake, who ended up starting Bubs, um, he, his history is in more like snowboarding and snow sports and DC shoes. And he really helped get that deal done as well. Um, but yeah, I was absolutely involved in, in that, um, mostly as trying to put out the fires because honestly, the reason that that happened was because Aromas, the city of Aromas said, you can't have this competition here. Dude, that's what it was, right? Because remember we had in, in 09, there was like 5,000 people there or something like that. And it just overdid the city. Is that what happened? Yeah, they basically wouldn't give the permits. And, uh, and it, I don't even think, I mean, the city would have benefited from it. I think it was a really arbitrary point. Um, I, I, it was not spawned from any problems. I think it was literally just, they said, no, nah, we're just not going to grant you this, uh, this license. And maybe they wanted to get a kickback from it. I, who knows? But the bottom line was they wouldn't give... Uh, they wouldn't give the certificate. And so instead of balling up in the fetal position, everybody was like, well, let's go big. <laughs> and so then, yeah, because I mean, this so is a baller you, move. Dude, the Home Depot Center was a super bold move. But as you went from Aromas to there, I mean, dude, the level was just like, it went 10x. You know, Aromas is like this backyard dirt. And then the, you know, Home Depot Center, you know, I remember walking into that stadium just thinking, oh my gosh, like we are we are superstars, you know, it, it was such a crazy feeling, man. That was a, that was a huge jump for the sport. And I'm really interested, you know, cause it went to Madison and now it's going back to home de- uh, to Aromas. I'm curious if it stays at Aromas. I, I wonder what the future holds for the games. You know, I don't know. I mean, it's so linked to, and this is, man, just all of us can kind of pontificate on it as, as much as we want. But I mean, a lot of it has to do with what happens to CrossFit HQ and how they bounce back from, from this massive crisis because, uh, you know, the games isn't hugely profitable. And, um, you know, at least in conversations recently, Greg has said that he's not passionate about it or that, you know, that was obviously clearly indicated by the moves that he made in, uh, in letting all of us go out into the wild. And so, 
Um, yeah, gosh, man, I don't even know. I, even, even this year, and you can talk, talk to it probably better as an athlete. Um, well, you've got all sides of it, athlete, business owner, um, and somebody who's got vested interest in the space. But I mean, there are so many logistical questions about who you bring. It was, it, even though it was, it was cool to see a statement that said, yeah, we're going to try and do the games this year. It was still pretty vague. It's like, is it age groups? Is it teams? Is it whatever? Yeah. Super vague. And you know, I mean, it's a tough time for everybody right, right now, but I mean, you know, taking us back to back in the day, because yeah. right now it's just so vague that I don't know how much you can really speak on it. But back in the day, like in 07, you know, what I thought was really interesting in 07 that maybe some people don't know is some of the events were created by, um, cause at the level one, you know, for those people that go there, there's this whole idea of like the hopper model. And the hopper model is basically if you take a variety of different tests and you put them in a hopper and you mix it all around over time, the fittest person, you might, let's just say one item is a 10 K run. You have the endurance athlete win that, but then over time, if you have enough tests, the most fit person in that group will win. And in 07, they utilized that to create the final workout, which I think was really interesting. Um, I wonder if the level bring that back. I don't know. I mean, it, if it was it, at some point it would have to be limited right because you would have to have the equipment you would have to have the space because if you're if you're really truly talking about the theory uh, an actual peanut hopper couldn't carry everything it'd be right. like shoveling sand you know and like you, you couldn't put any physical task that you could ever imagine into it um maybe you'd have like a digital like a computer generated hopper which would be amazing uh but again like in, in all this stuff i don't think people some people don't recognize like you've been involved in, um, in running events and there's so many logistics behind the scene just to make sure that things happen on time and like people in the right place at the right time. So a hopper would have to be, you would have to be like either community votes on what goes into the hopper. And then, so it would be somewhat limited in what comes out like, um, or, the hopper decides is it task priority or time priority, or it decides like maybe one or two of the movements or the weight or whatever, like DT, DT, like heavy DT or double DT would have been an interesting hopper one, you know, but it's right. not, not true to the theory, but it would have been a fun spectator thing. Yeah, for sure. And I, you know, speaking of the time domains, you know, it's really interesting. Um, you know, as the sport evolved, the time got better. Like, Oh, you're going to be on it this time. And this time in the beginning, like an 08, 09, 10, like, dude, literally, you would just be sitting there the entire day from 6 a.m. until 8 p.m. You'd be sitting there, and Dave would come up to us and be like, all right, guys, we're going in 20 minutes, right? You would. Ne I remember, like, in 8, 9, 10, like, I literally wouldn't eat. I wouldn't eat. I'd be nibbling on little bars because you never knew when you had to work out. I didn't want to have a giant meal and then 10 minutes later go throw down, you know? Totally, totally. And that, actually, that was um – that was my favorite thing about 16 when they took people back to the ranch and it was like, okay. Hey, your coaches aren't coming. You're going to the ranch. And it was, it was still better organized than it was back in the day, but it was, it was a little flavor of that of like, where can I warm up? And like, figure it out. Yeah. 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 <laughs> when am I going? We'll let you know. Oh um, man. When they seclude you in these, like, you know, remember, you know, you know, for those, you know, back in the day, I think it was like 2010 or 11, they put us in like a little like bank vault basically. And then you walked out and we had to do push-ups on like 120 degree, uh, dude, I, dude, like people, like it was just, it was just a time in history. That's a great one. That's a great one. Actually. You remember that one? 
Remember? Oh, dude. Well, even yeah. the way the way in which it was presented to you, where it was like Castro did the brief and then said three, two, one, go, and people looked around because they were like, like right now, like is it going? And the smart ones like just dove to it, and then somebody saw him going, and they would go, and uh, and people were like, yeah, people were finding the shade. Like some people were crawling over like next to the obstacles and trying to find a little piece of shade. It was it was lawless, dude. It was amazing. That was only the top sixteen. You know, people talk about the cuts being an issue back in the day, dude, you had massive cuts, right? Yep. I mean, yep. I don't know what it was in 09. I can't remember. But I mean, I think they only took like top 10 of the final event. You know what? Let's find out. Um, but I remember it was, it was progressive in that same sense. Yeah, because what was tough for me, like I remember in uh, 09, right, you, you start off with 75 people and then it dropped down to like 10 or 15 or whatever it was. And so I remember my goal was always to be like, hey, I got to make past the cuts, make past the cuts, you know? Yeah. And uh, it added a whole different layer to the sport early on. Um, you know, obviously this year they brought back some cuts. And we'll see what they do in the future. Yeah, it went all the way. So, yeah, it did. It went down to um, top 10. Really? That's oh, funny. The, even this leaderboard has like uh, bib numbers. It still doesn't even have like uh, lettering. Oh. <laughs> it's like a PDF. So, yeah, you started with uh, 75 people or something. It looks like we were like cut down to 50, cut down to, and I can't even, I can't even do that. Well, you know, what's interesting. No way you got to pick when you did your workouts. So some people don't know that is in a way you basically signed up for the games. Uh, I think 300 people signed up and then there was, um, they announced three events and you got to pick in what order or not pick, but you got to, Hey, I want to do this one, this one, this one. So there was a chest bar mm -hmm. plan running the hill and then a burpee deadlift. Those were the three events. Oh, that's and right based on your total time, then the next day you went back for the final event. I'll never, dude, it was just so, uh, you know, and then remember Matt Mertzke created his own clean. Remember that one? Oh, dude, poor guy. Poor guy. Because <laughs> remember him being a good dude, but he just got dumped on. Um, bro, bro. Wait, do you, do you remember it as well as I do or no? Oh, hell yeah, absolutely. Well, and it was, and, and it was, it was in the footage too. So actually, that's a good point too. And I, I want to bring up the, uh, the comeback kid thing for you in a second, but all of the 2009 games are easily, uh, they're even on YouTube now, but you can watch the, uh, the, the full games with some great interviews from back then. So if you guys haven't seen that, you have to see that. Oh dude. So the Matt Mertzke one is really great because I was sitting there with Austin, who was my coach at the time. And the final event had, um, you know, wait, right. This was Oh eight, right. Was, yeah. Mertzke, I think was Oh eight. No, that, was, that was nine. That was 2009. Oh, well, whatever okay. happened. I remember, yeah, because it was every second count. Yeah. I remember watching him and he was like dropping the bar and then catching it like halfway up. And I remember looking at my coach being like, dude, I got to do that. I got to do that. And then next thing you know, Dave yells from across the room and says, guys, every one of Matt's reps don't count. He must have been like eight of them in, right? Do you, you yes. remember that? Dude, he just oh, scraped yeah. it. Oh. Um, oh, that was sweet. That was, it was. It was so funny, and it was it was contentious too. I think that was that was the first time that I kind of recognized that Dave Castro is just fresh out of F's to give. You know? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Because just, what what he, what he was doing was he was dropping from the top. The bar would bounce, then he would catch it at like mid thigh, and then go into his next clean or whatever it was instead of like holding it from the ground. And the judge didn't know how to react to it because they had never seen it before. <laughs> right, right and it was and it and it wasn't briefed you know what i mean like oh man or was it was the, the day you were in the briefing did dave uh 
no, I mean, who the hell's going to say, hey, the bar can't grab it, you know? Right, right, right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and his, his whole thing was like, it's the most efficient way to do it, right? Oh, man, dude. Yeah, that was, but see, th- those kind of things won't really happen because, I mean, it just, like, I don't know. I just, I just remember from across the room, he's just yelling, oh, man, I felt so bad for Matt at that point. But, so bummed. I can't find it right now. But, yeah, uh, but the 09 game had a lot of, um, had a lot of like drama to it, right? Remember Miko? Dude, so Miko wins the, the, the event. And um, so I ended up ticking fifth for a variety of reasons. But anyways, um, Miko wins. And do you remember he doesn't speak English at the time? And all he <laughs> says at the end was, where's my money? <laughs> Dude, he was... I got to say, one of the best champions ever, like, because he was so mysterious, you know? He was so Terminator. He was so Terminator. Tight shirt. Remember his tight shirt? Oh, yes, dude. And, and then, then Miko kind of, and, and he had a bad rap in, uh, he just got a bad break in 2010, and then it all seemed to kind of go downhill for him because he, he was such, like, people loved him, man. People absolutely loved him. I remember even, true or false, you had some takeaways. Like one thing that Miko did was oh, okay. would never lay on his back. And he said that in a video. And then all of a sudden, like everybody's like, well, yeah, that's a good point. Like, <laughs> I don't want to do that either. Dude, Miko, Miko was on video. Like, I never lay on my back. Only animals lay on their back. <laughs> <laughs> Only an animal. That's like, hey, he was basically saying that's how an animal submits. Yeah. So, yeah. Oh, you idiots are showing me your little tummy. Like you're, you're basically big pussies. But, but like Nico, dude, he finished the event, you know, tucked in shirt, tight shirt. And I just, you know, he just stood there, you know, no real smile on his face, nothing. And he's just like, what is my money? <laughs> dude. Oh, man. So I'm going to bring it here. I'm going to screen share this one because uh, this is your 2000. This is a little piece of your 2009. Oh, gosh. Um, and I can't, unfortunately, I can't figure out how to play the actual full sound. But so like, here's, here's the actual uh, post. Yeah. Jason Philippe with a comeback kid. Um, and it tells, it tells a little bit of a story. And here's what's funny. For anybody who's listening who doesn't know, it's an awkward URL, but you have to do, if you want to see the 2010 or 20, 2009 or even 2008 game site, you have to type games2000year.crossfit.com and you can still find it. Oh, okay. It. I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, so it's archived, just not archived well. And you can't really search. You can't search. There's no search functionality. You have to kind of figure it out. But uh, so anyways, and, and still it's old enough to where when you click on these links, it downloads the video. Like it, it won't stream on the site. Oh, no so, way. So I already downloaded it though. So here's, here's just a, we can talk over this cause it won't play the sound, oh, okay. but tell, tell people why it was the, the comeback kid. This is the year after you won. So the year after I won, I was, Oh yeah. It's playing the audio. Oh sweet. Okay, great. Yeah. So you wanna watch it? it's, it's just two minutes. Let's just, let's watch. It's two minutes. All right. So this was the first event. It was a 10K run. Remember that one? I don't realize how much pressure is on the, the guys 7K, that are on the right? website all the time. It's a lot of pressure, and he's a young guy. He might have got a little overzealous in the first half. But uh, Jason Kalipa came down looking like crap. Came around the corner. <laughs> uh, we don't know what happened, but uh, oh, dude. Good. down goes Kalipa. Both great tests of fitness. I think it's really going to weed out the good from the maybe not as good. Yeah, Jason Kalipa finished, he, he got back up, he's wrecked. Uh, they have approximately a half hour now. It's gonna be, uh, I wouldn't, uh, good money I don't think is on him right now. Oh man. 
You remember it? Like, oh yeah. 72nd out of 74. And look at you, dude. You're just a, you're a puddle of mud. <laughs> Thanks for so bringing me back be, up. It'll be an extraordinary feat for him to get back. They have approximately a half hour now. You have to make cuts. If you're in dead last after two events, you're probably not going to come back. We're trying to select for the first man alive. I'm not going to make excuses. Oh, man. Good memories right here, dude. Look at you. Dude, so I'll shine some light on a few of those events right now. So in 09, it's Tell really interesting. Because it. in 09, what was really unique about it at the time was that there was a few events. So the first one was the 7K Hill Run. That was obviously super difficult. And I was just overzealous, man. I was listening to Eminem in my headphones. I was all fired up. I had just came off my, you know, I was just a champion coming in. And, uh, dude, I just, I couldn't control the nerves. And I started coming. We, we were on this one hill run. And I'm climbing up this hill, man. I got poison oak all over my hands. And I'm, I'm running down. I just, I, just, I just lose it. And I just pass out. Boom. And, you know. I like felt it coming. Like felt it coming from a mile away. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. I felt it. I mean, dude, cause I was going up this hill. I was just, all my energy had been spent doing other stuff. And I just, I just had no more energy. Couldn't, couldn't handle myself. And then boom, next thing you know, I'm running down, running down, running down. And I just passed out and I'll, dude, I'll never forget. Dave just comes up to me. He's like, dude, if you don't get up and finish your games are over. And I was like, all right. So I finished the race. I mean, I basically finished last, but, um, you know, as those events went on, you know, you, you had to climb out of the mud. Um, but that year was also the first year. Remember they had the sledgehammer that you had to slam into the floor Oh yeah. and there was some controversy on whose floor was, was easier and whose was it? Remember that? Just like, yeah. Sled, sled pushes this year, man. Yeah. So exactly. So, I mean, dude, over time, man, but it's just like in 09, it was just one of those years where like, I learned a lot about myself. I mean, dude, passing out and then come back. And a lot of people have had those moments like in sport that they just learn about themselves and they kind of progress on. But Oh, nine was one of those years for sure, man, because it, the sport had built up some momentum. You know, you had a few sponsors there. It was, it was, it was a big deal. It's funny. And so, um, well, let's talk about uh, another, another favorite memory. And, and listen, I'm going to play some of your greatest hits after this too. Oh gosh. <laughs> we got to save some stuff for, uh, for more. You know, episodes, I, you know where I'm going with this? The, yeah, the of course. Of course I know you're going with this. You're going after the Amanda one. <laughs> that was- yeah, all right. Here we go. For those of you who don't know, like, so Jason learned these lessons about himself, but the next year showed up. And again, like, you know, it's been a million years for me too. So, so what happened the next year? So the next, so the next year I show up and, uh, oh, are you going to play it? I mean, I'll just show some clips, you know, people want to oh, know. Oh, man. <laughs> So, well, first of all, this is the, to your point about the Home Depot Center. This is this is what that looked like. That was a big that was a big change, right? Yeah, and so like for us, and I got to tell you, and from a production side of things, having these like the athletes walked out and we played clips about them, and and then people like saw it on the big boards and stuff. This was next level for us from a media perspective too. Like we thought we had absolutely made it. And so, you know, you had legends like Spieler. Dude, that was... You had... Uh, oh, man, look at those stands. I feel like I'm watching like an 80s clip like yeah. back in the day. Look at that. I got some 2008 footage in there. <laughs> it is back in the day. 
Um, and so 2010 games start with snatches and muscle ups at the time, still honestly, um, high level for a lot of people like Amanda was, it was a difficult workout. It was a scary workout, right? Yeah. Yeah. Back everything's going well. And there's a Jason center left of your screen and everything's going well, going well until about, I think 11 minutes. So tell me what you're feeling like here. So at that point, I just went numb, man. Like, dude, I was racing. I was winning. I was doing great. And then all of a sudden, my body went numb, and I just couldn't control myself. Again, a great example of uh, – dude, just a great example of not learning how to control my nerves. And I just end up just doing burpee bar chasers for the rest of the event. Right, because here you are, first back to the rings after the first round. And Look so at, at that point – no There's no one in the stands. Yeah, not a trip. And so I'll fast forward just a bit because it was sooner than later. Jason starts in the lead. Things are falling apart a little bit, but you still got the lead going into the final round. Oh, man. This is my nine and nine, bro. Oh, it started to hit me on the muscle ups where I started to feel like my body, I couldn't control it and I was going too fast. And then when I, by the time I got back to the barbell, I just didn't have the motor skills to get it going. <laughs> all right and so for first time fans i mean god i got to imagine most people have seen this but maybe i'm just maybe i'm just biased um oh man and can you hear the play-by-play -play too yeah a little oh, bit jason yeah. judkins and marty say back in the day okay here's jason back to the bar oh final five last five reps and the body just on dark um, i lost all I think I had like two or three more reps to go. Uh, oh. <laughs> Number three or five, but look how fast you pop up, dude. Uh, oh, no. Uh. <laughs> was that a good rep? Was that a bad rep? Oh. No, that was a bad rep, dude. All these were look, look at Miko. Oh, <laughs> you got you in the background. That's two, that's three failed reps in a row, dude. And just not, no stopping to be like, let me take a breath or anything. So, these are is of Kalipa, like when it was just go, 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 go. Oh, man. All right. Well, thank you for sharing that. If you guys haven't oh, seen it, it's Amanda from no, the hold on. We got to see. I, I got to see the traveling one. That's my favorite one. It's right here. Okay. I think. <laughs> you're like, you're like, that's already, thank you. Let's see. And, right here. Let's see. Oh, dude. And I'm running no. with the bar. And right here. The camera. Oh. <laughs> I love you. Thank you Dude. for letting me share that. But what that was, was that was just me, you know, uh, learning a lot about myself. Like that day, you know, the Jets had flown over. They sang the national anthem. I had drank a Red Bull. It was like at 9 o'clock at night. I was all fired up and just couldn't, couldn't control. It was just too complex of skills. And that was just like – Dude, I laid on the floor there for like probably probably – an hour I laid on the floor and then finally a buddy of mine had to come pick me up and they had to cart me to my car. <laughs> I mean, I'm not surprised. I'm just, I'm surprised you stayed in the competition, frankly, you know, Oh man, that was a long time ago, but did you see the stand? So they were like empty at the time. Now it's grown to dude. Isn't that crazy? Yep. What a trip. Um, so one more, one more before we, before we move, like, or whatever. Maybe Why do you never keep pulling up ones of me? Why don't you pull up someone else? What's that? Why do you keep pulling up me? Why don't you pull up somebody else? Okay, all right, all right. Well, I wanted to, I wanted, the next one I was going to celebrate, I was going to do the burden run. 
Like oh, the, the, well, the, uh, bird, the burden room was good, but you know, I think, dude, for you know, that was a long time coming. But the the but the sport, you know, just to kind of sum up this thirty minute, just babbling about the sport of CrossFit, yeah. you know, it's came a long way. But what is something from the 07, 08, 09 games that people wouldn't normally know? What's something that, like, if you're a coach out there listening, if you're a gym owner, you wouldn't even know this happened? Um, man, I, I think the magnitude of it, the, like how small it was, it's especially 2008. I've told this story before, but um, it's one of the closest to my heart was um, at the 2008 games, I was actually living in San Diego at the time, heard about it, and I had been a coach at an affiliate for maybe two years. <clears throat> And I was like, I, I literally wrote an email to my membership and was like, hey guys, there's this cool competition. I saw it on main site. Like we should go ch check it out. Anybody want to go with me? Um, the only response that I ended up getting was from Angie, who is now my wife. And she was like, hey, I'll be up there because it's 4th of July weekend and my dad lives up there anyways. And so I ended up uh, hanging out with her, but I slept in the back of my truck at the ranch. And uh, it, that was something you could do. There was no tickets. There was no like nobody was checking on me and literally was as they they briefed you guys on what the final was going to be and sent you on your way and uh but then literally adrian bosman and dave castro set up the entire competition floor and oh, so I, I, was, I was that night and i'm i was literally sitting there drinking beer in the back of my truck watching them work and so i could not ask and i was like hey you guys want some help i can help out and they were like no nah, man we got this like thanks 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 but no thanks oh man <laughs> Dude, and, uh, good. you know, so like it was, uh, and you, you talk to like, if most of the people that, 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 you know, or don't know, if you're new to the, the sport, who are great coaches, seminar staff trainers, um, who have been around for a minute, were probably judges of that CrossFit games, you know, oh, you look back like sure. Chuck Carswell was a judge of Annie's first muscle up. So that memory was a fantastic one. And the, uh, just the rawness like that actually building that thought out, Amy Thor's daughter getting her first muscle ups. And I guess that's at the 2009 games. Um, she and this guy's Finn. there's, there's still a, a documentary. It's, it's in Icelandic, but it's subtitled, um, where they, they, uh, they came down because they're really good at like boot camp type stuff. They were literally boot camp athletes. That's um, right. So like they could do push ups for days. You could yeah. put sandbags on their back while they're holding a plank for like five hours. Yeah, um, but when it came to, yeah, Dude, they learned not just a muscle up. They learned how to do GHD sit-ups for the first time. Annie learned how to snatch for the first time. And, and there's and a documentary on that? They, yeah, there is a documentary on that. I don't know where it lives. Um, Annie actually sent it to me recently. So I, I don't know if it's like publicly available. See, I had no idea that you could look up 2009.crossfit or 2009games.crossfit go back in the archive. I didn't know that. Yeah, it goes games2009.crossfit.com or games2010.crossfit.com. I think, uh, oh, this is what I wanted to talk about, dude. I think this would be a great memory. Uh, speaking of 2010 in particular, so the, we felt like superstars when we got, once we got to the Home Depot Center. But I think that year more than any was like one of the more gritty because it was the year that we did uh, open. No, sorry. That's the year we did sanctional or oh, sectionals section regionals. And so people don't get that, man. I'm like, um, here, let me, I'll show you this. Dude, the sanction so this is, is a whole different thing. And people don't really know about that. And, right. um, dude, we held it ours. I was one of the sanctional like team members, whatever. And we held it at a high school and it ended up becoming a big mess. But yeah, look at that. 2010, at that. there was, there was sanctionals. So there was like, games. these were basically, this was before the open. And so, um, <laughs> 
it's funny people who didn't know about the open um this was what we what came before was you had to go to an in-person event. So it was like a qualifier for, um, to get to regionals to qualify for the games. Um, and so that's, that's another really funny thought that comes from that is if you join, if you, if you're new to the sport or even in the past, like, let's just call it the open era, people don't know that the open was one of the most contentious things. And by the way, like credit where credit's due, one of the first successful online competitions that I had ever seen for, just about anything, right? Yeah, for hundreds of thousands of people, yeah. And all of us, like you and me included, were, well, I'll speak for myself. I thought that they were nuts. I was like, this is bullshit. There's no way this is gonna work. Like, it, it's stupid, people are gonna cheat. It's not gonna work. Like, how are, we gonna, how are we gonna do the logistics? And I would say that at this point, it's a pretty successful situation. So, but it was, it's funny, like if you, if you look through the 2010 CrossFit Journal or main site, there's tons of videos of people debating like an online format like what this is never going to work and now people are like oh yeah i mean oh yeah i'll do that with zoom you know yeah. like of course the innovation the innovation that occurred through that was really interesting like the sanctional idea and then regional idea it had some legs to it and what was interesting about the sanctionals back in the day is that you got to choose your own workouts and stuff there was no consistency and so i was on the team for the norcal uh regionals or sanctional and like we just created our own workouts and then they became streamlined, which I think was a much better idea. So you can compare regionals and there was some consistency. But back in the day, man, we would just come up with stuff and we just tested them. And it was, oh man, that was a really interesting time in the sport of fitness. And uh, it was. yeah, I just, if you haven't checked out this stuff, go back into the archives. If you have some time right now, you're quarantining at home. It's just, it's just fun to kind of like look at it. And like, it started off as like, I got into the sport because I like to throw down in my garage. I like to throw down with people. And that's exactly what you can still do right now. So if you're, if you haven't checked out this stuff, kind of re reminisce. It started off really grungy, and hell, we're back in grunginess. You know, it's all good. Totally, yeah. And for people who are curious, the the what I just showed you guys was um. So this is games dot games twenty ten dot crossfit dot com, and then you click on this uh, select a twenty ten games event, and then you can actually like these are all links. Oh, you so, can actually go into them. Yeah, you can see like Ohio or Dan Bailey. Uh, competed. Oh um, man! So, All right, yeah. go to games2010.crossfit. I'm gonna go there after this. But Rory, I think we gotta we gotta keep. A, you know, this was just an episode, just to, for lack of a better term, just bullshit about back in the day. Get some people, especially like the OG, like owners and coaches, just to kind of like think back about some of these things. Just kind of like it might just like it's a you know oh I get faster. I remember that. And um, dude, we gotta do this again, man. But uh, I really appreciate your time and. Um, I hope you and the family are staying safe and doing well, you know? Anytime, buddy. I could do this. I could do this for days, not just hours. So you, you just let me know and I'll be there. And uh, we are. And likewise, back to you guys, man. It's uh, strange times, but uh, we're, we're all pretty lucky to be uh, where we're at. Let's do it, brother. All right, man. Well, hey, I, uh, I know everybody knows where to find you, but uh, if they want to find you on IG, it's Roy McKernan. It's Roy McKernan. I'm not creative, so I just use my first and last name. It's YouTube as well. You know, I'm like... Can't get fancy. Just stick with what I know. I love it, brother. All right, man. Well, have a great day, and we'll be in touch soon. Okay, Jay. Talk soon.